Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Rebet. Welcome to Rebet Live. Uh, I am joined by World Class New Zealander, Dalwin Moller, all the way from Wanaka. Wanaka, Wanaka. <laughs> How are you going? Um, not too bad, you know, adjusting to this uh, whole lockdown lockdown lifestyle. Um, now, for those who don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll give this quick little intro because it's ridiculously tech. You just talk what do you just call yourself? A tech, uh, some, a technical tech something? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm a technology-phobic technologist. Technology-phobic <laughs> technologist. As a, um, uh, Dr. Calvin K. Moller, a principal systems engineer at Remote Sensing Solutions um, and adjunct professor at the University of Auckland. She received the PhD degree in electrical engineering from the University of Massachusetts after completing the ME degree and B, BE degree honours at the University of Auckland. She joined NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, where she worked on radar technology, primarily with a focus toward Earth science. Both at JPL and RSS, she developed uh, innovative state-of-the-art remote sensing systems for measuring critical aspects of the Earth's surface to support science research and applied scientists. <laughs> Brains. Love it. Great. <laughs> Do you wake up like in the middle of the night with all sorts of random ideas about things that you have to write down? How does your brain work? Like when you have, uh, when you think about stuff. That does happen. Yeah. I'll kind of go through creative surges where suddenly connections yes. are coming in and, and yeah, I'm waking up in the night and uh, oh, kind of got to pull this together and I've got to take care of that over there. And, um, and then it kind of, it? well, um, unusually, my brain yeah. doesn't work in a very organized fashion. It's kind of a, if I'm going to be geeky, it's a, a kind of a stack. So it's a first yeah. in, first out kind of thing. Yeah. And that's how I deal with email and things like that. It's like whatever it is, it's it's a it's a stream. Yeah, and, and it'll be, but do, your thing just because I'm just quite intrigued. It'll be like document and then out, and then it's and then it's fresh again, and you and you head or like like clear it and like get yeah, that that system. I kind of you know when it depends on what it is. You know, there's different phases of projects, and when you're really working something up, and you kind of you know. Uh, multitasking it out and that kind of thing. That's kind of the busy stuff. But when you're going into the new formulation, that's where it goes into a back backup processor, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and there's a timeline it. to it. You can't you can't hurry that stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like trying to rush rush art. You can't you can't force force yeah. that sub creativity. Um, okay. So we've we've been doing. You haven't seen um, the shows. We've been talking to a whole bunch of like epic Kiwis doing cool stuff from all sorts of sectors, mostly sort of business and travel and entrepreneurship and and you know a whole wide range, which has been cool. And what I wanted to I guess kick off with is um, you obviously spend a lot of time uh, in the states. You spend a lot of time uh, obviously back and forth from New Zealand. You, you got out of the mix at a macro level. What do you think that this means for uh, humanity? By this you mean the the the, 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 the whole COVID thing? The whole yeah. the whole thing, like because like gotcha. obviously with the, with the earth sciences, the the sensing, I see. I don't you don't know if it's clickbaity type stuff. They're talking about like dolphins have been seen here and the, all these other things. But from a from a humanity level, maybe we'll talk about the earth and then the humans. What have you? What's been the most interesting thing you've? You know, I think like everybody else, this is a process, right? Um, there's kind of this continuing, it's been changing so quickly. Our our realities, our daily realities have been changing so quickly. Life a few weeks ago is so different to life now. And we don't know where this is going to unfold and unravel. And frankly, at the beginning, I kind of, again, like a lot of people, went into almost this depressed state. You wake up every day and it's Groundhog Day. 
and what's the point and why am I doing this? And, you know, we don't know where this is going to shake out and it is profoundly changing. But where I take hope, because you have to find hope, is one in the resiliency of nature, um, which is profound. And we're seeing that. And also the resiliency of humans. We're in this situation where we're unable to really be in, in physical contact. But people are finding ways in the community to, to reach out and support, either virtually or there's been, you know, uh, little neighborhood, you yell across the fence, you know, you have a little little dinner party with your neighbors, except you're across the fence and at a distance. Yeah. Um, and so I find that actually heartening finding ways to support each other and being in New Zealand at this time, uh, the leadership that we've got, but also the sentiment that, you know, you never really, I, I, I can't imagine really hearing at a political level in the US of be kind. You know, there's a, there's a no. human element that's being uh, put forward at a national political level saying that's acknowledging that we need to be kind to each other. And that's actually uh, you know, notable and heartening to me. Does it make you more hopeful that New Zealanders' souls seem to be sitting in the right place with true care for each other, especially with community? I hope so. And, mm. you know, when I do go out to the grocery store or for the daily walk, I, because we're separated and we don't have those normal interactions, when I see somebody walking the other direction, I'm trying to make that point of smiling, saying hello, just those little human interactions really count for making you feel better in your day. And it's always the case, but now more than ever, it's a good reminder and a good takeaway to remember that that, that stuff matters. And in our lifetime and in the last, I guess, in all humanity, a world's never stopped like this for this amount of time, right? Is there a, has there been enough data come out already to show that the earth is you know healing or doing better and i've seen these photos of people seeing the himalayas and there's all these kind of things and you never know what's fake news and what's real but from a science data perspective what is what is factual and true that that you definitely know to be real so currently i haven't looked at the, the kinds of data records i tend to look at or generate um because i'm the engineer not not the scientist um tend to be fairly long, long-term data records, if you like, like, you know, looking at the glaciers in Greenland and we did annual surveys of, of marine terminating glaciers in Greenland. And now we're looking at what those mass balance changes are over multiple years. Um, so what can we see in a very short time frame? Well, what's interesting to me, and this is completely anecdotal, it's not based on any particular science observations, is, you know, I, I have a lot, I used to, I lived in LA for 20 years. So I still have a great deal of friends yeah. there. They're, when I'm talking to my friends, they're saying how clear the sky is, mm. you know? Um, so things, and, you know, we've all seen how clear the sky is in Beijing in comparison. The resiliency of nature is incredible. I've just noticed it here. And even though I'm not in a polluted environment, the bird life, uh, it's always there, but it's it's prolific right now. So just taking away our influence and our impact at the level, you can see nature restoring itself quite quickly. Um, if you 
you know, again in Los Angeles when we had the station fire, complete devastation in the San Gabriel Mountains. I was in tears the first time I went up there. And afterwards, um, now, uh, years on, and we know this about that region, it's used to forest fires, but it's lush and it's beautiful again. So that gives me hope in the longer term, you know, working in areas of sustainability and climate change. There is, we may not, maybe we're not past that tipping point. Maybe we can actually, this is a reset and we can learn something from it. I definitely think everyone's learning something from it, whether it be from themselves, their neighbours, their work, the world, their country. What's the biggest difference so far you've you've seen between New Zealand and the rest of the world that, that makes you proud to be a Kiwi? Or what do you think? What's, what's stuck out to you from what you've seen? Uh, so one thing that's been interesting to be part of um, since I'm living on this island presently, which I find a little strange because uh, I, I only recently returned a couple of years ago, is we're small, we're an island, um, but the efficiency and the uh, consistency of, of message, once, in, once the government made, made a decision, um, they moved out on it very quickly and, there's a, and the messaging was very clear. Um, and that consistency and even if you agree or disagree, we're all on this boat. And I think there was a realization and a general consensus that I've seen um, that we've picked a path or a path has been picked and we're all in it together because if we don't, then we're, we're dooming it to failure. So it has kind of been a um, something that has integrated the nation and you don't see that at the US by virtue of not having closed borders and et cetera, and it's not as practical. It's gone state by state by state and even county by county. There's not that uniformity of action, yeah. you know? So it's, and arguably we're smaller. We are an island. We've got a number of advantages, but we've taken advantage of those advantages. So I, you know, I've got to give credit to that. And it's been quite impressive to watch it roll out and in action. And, you know, things like the daily 1 p.m. news, news and update. Those kind of things you can you can something that you can check in and rely and okay where are we at today and it's very consistent I think it's very helpful for people who are sitting at home stuck at home there's anxiety around it being able to it actually provides quite a support and a comfort. Yeah, the um, talking about this yeah the consistency the clarity just the clear communication on a daily basis plus also the 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 messaging around. Um, the, unif the the clear vibe feels New Zealand is in it together. A lot of other places, mm -hmm. it's like kind of like, where you do you, I'm looking out for me. You you do you. Mm -hmm. Like here, mm -hmm. it, it definitely yeah. feels uh, yeah. Unity of purpose becomes very very clear, and it, it's which which makes you makes you happy, makes it good. Yeah, and in a way, I mean, no one's happy to be in this situation, yeah. you know. And well, happy, happy that you don't like, feel alone. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at least, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the positive within that and then go, okay, well, you know, and I do feel very fortunate, you know, and I think we, we need to acknowledge how fortunate we are here. And also as, you know, as individuals, you know, I'm fortunate I'm still working. 
I still have my, my project still continuing, um, knock on wood. Uh, and so around me, there's, you know, I live in a tourist town and tourism is a sector that for the time being is dead. We don't know where that's going to go, but I really feel for my community and, you know, the friends of my kids where they go to school, what they're going to see in terms of people losing their jobs or having to move. There's hard times coming for a lot of people around us. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing that you do see in New Zealand, though, is we have a social infrastructure and a social welfare system that's kicking into high gear really quickly. What do you think the you're in Wanaka? I think what's the population of Wanaka? Is it five thousand? About that. About that. <laughs> How do you think after Corona AC that will be the biggest differences between the regions to the cities? Well, especially this region, which is projected the Queenstown Queenstown Lakes region is projected to be one of the hardest hit because we're very, very, very reliant on tourism, um, and so you know compared to the cities that well, they have a lot more of the kind of the tech and industries and stuff like that. We don't really have that down here. Um, what we do have, though, is quite a few people who work here and who, who live here and work elsewhere, either virtually or through telecommuting or commuting. And one thought I had is with those, what if those people start focusing on work in the region if we can pull together some of those resources and there will be we've got great infrastructure we've got great infrastructure that's built up to support tourism can we harness that infrastructure to support other sectors where we may have resident capability it's just that resident capability is currently telecommuting elsewhere well what do you think that would that could look like um well i'd like to you know i'm i'm thinking of ways that I can do some of the work that I do around environmental management and sustainability or providing measurement for the to, to support those sectors, for, exact, for example, the agricultural sectors, is there ways that uh, that can be applied to regional or, or local um, uh, development down here or supporting local industries down here, those that are not necessarily tourism-based? And again, in an ecological sustainability uh, sense. Mm. On the sustainability side, do you think that this moment's going to really, you know, crystallize a lot of the, the thoughts and positive momentum and good stuff which could happen for, for New Zealand and, you know, governments and councils and corporates and, and communities all, you know, step up the game? Like, what do you think the, what does New Zealand do with sustainability and its relationship with it after this? What do you think, what do you think happens? I think, you know, there's there's already some mumblings, you know, um, that with within Europe and I, I saw that Dame Anne Salmond uh, came out with a statement around refocusing around the green economy. And so there's there's already some some groundswell in that sec in that with that sentiment. And I'd like to find a way to be part of capitalizing on that. We have an opportunity here. Um, if I again think about where I live and the backdrop, it's quite iconic. I mean, you know what it's like down here. Um, and so that that backdrop and that image, New Zealand still does have that pure New Zealand image. Let's really focus on that for our produce and, you know, things that we can 
export um, physically and virtually. Um, let's let's work on capitalizing on that. You know, the, the Patagonia kind of paradigm of that's our brand. Yeah, what would a like a brave message or statement or project or something chunky that New Zealand could help potentially lead after Corona when it comes to something like sustainability? Like, do you have any thoughts on like big, massive piss off things? Or like, you know, what's a, you know, people are talking about, okay, we need to go electric cars in 10 years, or we need to, you know, like, do you, do you have any, what would you like to see happen if you were bright, you know, if New Zealand was to be brave and actually embrace it and do it, that you think could be possible for a new New Zealand? Possible for a new New Zealand, gosh. That's a that one. I'm going to have to think on a little bit. That um, so the engineering you you're going to you're going to put into a, a mental stack. You'll break it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I do is I go out and network. When there's things that aren't quite in my, you know, I start, you know, networking and brainstorming. And that process is starting already. Um, there's various folks dotted around in various places that are creative and innovative and they're good at making things happen. And those are the people you want to engage with. And I think, you know, right now there's so much flux and there's so many unknowns. But as we start zeroing that in, you can start seeing a path eventuate out of it. And I know the kind of things, you know, I'm very passionate uh, about you know obs you know let's get the real information so i'm an engineer so um you know you can give me predictions and forecasts and all that kind of stuff but i want to you know i don't care what your model says really unless it back is backed up by measurements so i'm an experimentalist by nature um there's real value in knowledge and information and it's it's unbiased and it's objective so you know observation based management is kind of where i want to see things going because there's accountability in that what as well that, just what, what is observation-based management what does that mean mm -hmm. that means um basically let's for sustainable management of farming or forestry for example you know or knowing or fisheries how do we really know the impacts how do we know the impacts on water quality you know unless we make the measurements and we're able to do things on the appropriate scales there's not the accountability and there's also not the uh, responsible use of resources and so getting back more to the responsible use is where i want to see things going how you turn that into a an in industry supporter um it's actually really straight pretty pretty straightforward um because you have the information to go to back up your processes. So are you talking about some type of like almost new sustainability metrics for a nation? Yeah. And is that, is that not a thing? It is a thing. It is a but, thing. But what? Just real well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not being super clear here. Um, no, but I'm interested there, with it because I think if you have be... those. Yeah. So you know, go for it. Yeah. So there's a lot that can currently be done. And there's a lot that can be improved. And New Zealand in my sector provides, um, is quite interesting because it provides a lot of challenges. There's a, a lot that you can do from space that doesn't work really well over New Zealand. We change too quickly. We change too, too, 
quickly spatially, we change to quickly temporally. So it makes a um, challenge for the kinds of work that I do, but that also creates opportunity. And if we can uh, do a better job here and actually uh, close the loop, if you like, to demonstrate how well we can do in, in different use cases, that gives us something that's exportable globally. We can do it here, mm. then we can, it's a demonstration case that we can then uh, show the world how to better do things. So in this potential, you know, I guess, new sustainability in New Zealand um, metric model or whatever, would, what would you, what data would you collect or organize differently to make that clearer? Like, would it be a clear set of things that you'd, you'd look for? I'm just trying to think, you know, if you're a, like if now's the time to throw the hammer to, to try and get something in there, now's the, the time to do it, right? Like how, what would you, what would you change or what would you address? So you hear the term shuffle ready, right? Oh, no, I, I'm not, I'm not that smart, but please, oh, okay. what does, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, so this is getting bandied around a lot in New Zealand at the moment, talking about shuffle ready project, right? Okay. Ones that are ready to hit the go, hit the ground yes, and, you know, we so we've got shuffle ready and it can take different, Forms. Yes, we're go, ready to go build that building. We're also, there are projects where the technology is mature enough that we know how to get at different aspects of the water cycle, for example. We know how to do this well. And so that's something that we can plug in. And if we had the resources, we can go fly, fly a plane or uh, for etc. and go make those measurements as one example. There's other aspects where the tech isn't ready. Um, but we, but that's longer term, we know how to go about developing it, for example. Um, so we can start chipping away, starting with the things we know how to do, and maybe with existing data sets, um, demonstrating that we can better understand uh, regenerative agriculture, for example. We've got a pilot program going and we can look at how well we're doing over a short time frame with regenerative agriculture and what the downstream benefits are. Then we find that, well, the part that we really don't understand very well is the groundwater. Groundwater is a tough one. How do we look at ground penetrating radar or whatever it happens to be to, to better find out what's going on in that part of the aspect of things. So there's, we can develop a, pi a pipeline for better understanding different parts of our ecosystem, the management of our ecosystem, the exploitation of the ecosystem in terms of farming, forestry, agriculture, aquaculture, et cetera, um, in a systematic way that then starts expanding out into different sectors and different uh, supporting those sectors, um, but also exporting that management, those management paradigms to other, other areas in the globe. Just like that, huh? Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's near, near term and there's longer term, right? But there are no, things we can do right now. Um, yeah. And so, no, projects that are happening right now too. Yeah, so if you were if you were just under right now, you had to wave a little magic wand to do three things for sustainability in New Zealand. What would you do? Nope, do whatever you want and it's totally, you know, the rules of Dell apply. You just do <laughs> What would you do? I'd look at those shovel-ready near-term things that where infrastructure infrastructure can be physical or virtual, um, 
has already been laid that there's already that the 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 pieces are in place they just need to be glued together and so one i can think of is regenerative agri agriculture that's 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 a check and it, it has immediate impact to things that are a priority in New Zealand and it serves to maybe impact a sector that we're reliant on but also we need to move resources to in terms of workers that maybe currently were in the tourism sector are now looking for you know re refocusing where we where we have the labor sector got it the um how long were you at NASA for? Well, I was at JPL for 11 years um, and uh, then have continued as a, a NASA researcher, if you like. The, my yep. primary funding source was NASA until just a couple of years ago, but I still have some NASA projects going. And actually, we have a NASA collaboration that's happening here in New Zealand um, that kind of fits into this where we're going to fly what they call GNSSR or GPS, we're looking at GPS reflected signals, but flying it on an Air New Zealand domestic aircraft, which is mm. uh, going to happen later in the year and give us really interesting time records around soil moisture and water. Uh, that'll be, it's groundbreaking, you know, and it, it's the first of a kind and New Zealand's doing it. That's cool. And, we, yeah. and that'll be later this year? That'll be towards the end of the year, end of the calendar year. When you joined NASA, did you get like a secret patch or some shit? Like, was it like a little <laughs> Illuminati thing? Like the early Facebook days of the PayPal mafia? What was the vibe like? Oh, you know, when I first uh, went to JPL and so... Uh, um, Just oh, tell me you got the patch. All I want to hear, you got a patch. I've got patches. <laughs> Let's see, I might have a patch in here. Oh, yeah. No, no, lots of patches. You, know, they patches. you get all those little... They sell them. Uh, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, know no, it was I a thing. for free. <laughs> yeah. See, no, I didn't realize I a, it was a full-on thing. I had a pa I have a patch that flew on the uh, space shuttle. That is cool. Uh, Guy Rickard says, "I would love a NASA shirt if you have online round side slides." V probably tr quadruple XL for a bit. <laughs> Stuff you, Guy. <laughs> Guy, shit. Don't worry about him. <laughs> so, I'll ask. I'll ask a question. NASA. What was the split of engineers, male to female, at NASA? Uh, so actually, uh, at, and again, JPL, um, typically you'll find that there's a lot more males and females in engineering and it's more or less half and half in science. Um, ah. But uh, actually there are quite a few women in uh, the engineering section that I was in at, at, at JPL. So, yeah. Well, 60-40? Maybe not that much, but I did notice when I when I first went there, suddenly I coming from the East Coast to um, Los Angeles and um, JPL, I didn't have the bathroom to myself anymore. I actually had to share. Got it. <laughs> Got it. What a trip. When you when you started working there, did you feel that? it was a challenge to step up to because of the power of the brand or did you feel that you deserved to be there and you were going to flex because you knew that oh. that was your, where you were supposed to be? It was very, very intimidating. I mean, really? I was super excited. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, there's some, there's some big brains there. And when yeah. I gave my, when I gave my job talk, you know, typically when you, when you interview in my field, you'll give a job talk, which is a seminar on what you did your PhD on. And I gave my job talk there and, uh, 
I was quoting, I was citing kind of the seminal paper that founded the research that I followed up on. And when I quoted it, the, the, the audience kind of giggled and I thought I'd messed up. And it turned out that the person who wrote that work was, was sitting. In- <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then I just felt like I couldn't say anything relevant after that. I'm like, well, what am I doing? You know, the guy who invented this is sitting right there. I mean, it's just me with my little, you know, thesis. So, but anyway, they gave me the job. Oh, yeah. You know, is is it like, um, see, I I failed high school, so I'm not the the, the (laughs) IQ brain. But, you know, in that movie, Good World Hunting, and then the guy's trying to like, uh, impress the girl and he starts saying all this fancy like smart shit and then uh, matt damon just comes in just throws the hammer down and there's this kind of intellectual battle off of like mm-hmm. brains is that mm-hmm. what it's like with really really smart engineers inside like do, like let's be honest they have their fourth or fifth beer and do they start just going to town on like like what is what do scientists and engineers fight about <laughs> like or try to flex oh. on? like what's the what's the flex, <laughs> what's the big flex move of because in rugby it'd be like oh mccaw's better than kane or this or that what what are um what's that what are the arguments it, like? Uh, there there can be it can be very heated, but yes, because it's data driven um, shit. Like, what's the vibe? No, well, I'm you know especially when you're building you know if you're building hardware for satellite missions or or whatever, then you know you get one chance. You you launch it, it better work. And so you know the the pressure is on, and there's a so the review process is um is needed and that vetting process is needed but you basically have to be willing to put your stuff up and have everyone just pick it apart you know Jeez. and you've got to be able to justify every single bit every you know and it it goes from high level all the way down to the the, the smallest detail and if you haven't you know and then if they find a problem that's the whole point of it you go away and you rework it and you you address it um but yes it can be quite adversarial um yeah i can uh, imagine like brain flex brain flex oh oh yeah yeah um and there's definitely the element of of those people who have to show that they're they're the smartest person in the room yeah yeah i'm I'm used to that yeah no okay (laughs) because because i mean so in media right i understand media um someone who worked at yahoo in 2000 the year 2000 and still claims that 20 years later as a flex when we're in a totally different world it actually doesn't work in their advantage for most up-to-date conversations if they're still reliant on the thinking from 20 years ago obviously right absolutely and and so within the media landscape it's very much oh that's my space bebo thinking or whatever it's kind of like look back upon a poster i'm imagining and in, in the educational engineering or science word that might be the other way because they've been in it for so long that they actually would, that would be still more of an asset or is it the new thinking is the new way and the old way is kind of, I understand it, but there's, this is a new day, Chachi, move on. You're like, what's the, how do they, yeah. How's the brains leveled? It, it, you know, so definitely having that heritage of experiences is um, extremely important. And, um, you know, the physics don't change, the technology often does, but the underlying principles of a lot of what we do is, is, is static, right? And learning by experience and going, you know, if, if someone comes in to do, for example, KA band radar interferometry, I, I can tell you, because I've spent decades, if they come in from scratch, what pitfalls they're going to run into. 
So mm-hmm. I can help them come up to speed quicker because I've already gone down that path, already made those mistakes. Do they need to make them again? Sometimes you need to make them again just for your own learning. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I have seen is technology does change. And those people who have invested their careers in one avenue of things, unwilling to to move on and recognize that the world has moved on and they need to too, because they feel that that takes away their decades of whatever they've invested their time in. And the reality is it doesn't. They still contributed it to the overall success because that's that's research we build on others work in order to keep it furthering forward that's my i'm a cog in that chain and if i get too invested that someone then takes my work and does something even better well that doesn't mean that what i did is invalid that means you know i i helped them get there as part of the overall process and i should engage with them but yeah you can just i mean the end of the day when it's specific science stuff you know one plus one is always going to equal two you know, yeah. so uh, so some stuff I guess is debatable, and some stuff is is not. Where do you yeah, see? Yeah, you got to pull your ego out, basically. Yeah, I just know, like I've I've been in meetings, not where it's me versus someone else, but where there's been other kind of typical sides that are the same vibe, and just the energy isn't actually about the thing. It's the it's this experience flex on because I've done this longer, I know better type thing, and and mm-hmm. it's not very um inclusive i was just wondering yeah in the in those really smart brainy rooms is there still like instead of i've got the flashiest car or i can run the fastest or like at my house because high school was you know who could touch the highest in the in the the backboard like if you could you do one finger two fingers could you get a whole slap could you get two hands like, it was a measuring thing and i just wonder intellectually <laughs> if that goodwill hunting scene was accurate and i'm very stoked <laughs> to know that it is 100 accurate it is <laughs> but you know the ones that uh often have who truly are the smartest ones in the room they're the ones that don't have to say much and when they do the room goes quiet yeah they just throw the hammer down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's that's the shit um when we come out of this thing what's your biggest fear for new zealand my biggest fear is fear Hmm. yeah people are scared and when people are scared they tend to withdraw What's mine is mine, and I'm holding on to mine, and not share. Um, and the fear of the what ifs, you know, mm. the the you know we we can't be close anymore. What if you know the virus comes back? Um, right now we have you know you're not allowed to uh, go on the water. You're not allowed to go hunting. You're not supposed to go out into the mountains because what if you know my my son climbs? He's not allowed to go climbing because what if he falls? Well, that risk is always there, you know, but I don't want the, the safety police to get hold and for us to lose what I consider civil liberties. And that can get expanded into other things just than physical freedom. So that's what I'm worried about. And in the economy as well, you know, I consider right now I have a job and I have, and my job looks secure. So I consider that a responsibility to not, even though it's uncertain times, probably, you know, um, property markets upside down and all of that kind of stuff. I'm in a relatively fortunate position. So that's an opportunity to try and share with the local economy. What can I do to help people, you know, help my local businesses, help those, those families that may not be as fortunate? 
rather than the natural instinct is to just withdraw and say, I'm going to, you know, curtail my spending, you know. Yeah, so. it's we versus me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think the biggest opportunity for New Zealand is globally after this? Build its brand. Um, it'll be interesting to see where, I mean, right now we're taking the, we're an island, we've closed our borders. Um, it is yet to be seen eradication is a possibility i don't know that it's a probability um but that creates an interesting scenario because then okay we're an island and we're safe where do you now what happens from there and how do you build a self-sustaining economy or how do you open that economy up um so there's opportunities there there's definitely mm. opportunities um and being creative and being resourceful and we do have resources is where we need to go. And, and I would like it to be, you know, building or maintaining or strengthening our, our brand and our brand is clean, green, hundred percent pure, all of that stuff. Round two, hundred percent, 2.0. Yeah. Uh, one of the things words that popped up is hyper local resiliency. Hyper local. Okay. Where it's, not reliant on you know global um the need for everything from global but also supporting yeah. the local you know go to yeah. the go down to Largo and spend six dollars fifty on that large coffee go into you know mm -hmm. the, just really doubling down on the the close local relationships to build community at a one-to-one -one level like hand-to-hand -hand combat styles um mm -hmm. will be a big big push yeah i'm, I'm interested to in see how they brand new zealand after this because this the nation as a collective will essentially define its own narrative to the world, right? And mm -hmm. so I think as long as we're on the same page for that, the, that, that next future thing of what could be is, is really exciting because I know that if New, New Zealand gets, you know, I've been talking about, you know, if it's open and back in business to the world, that's going to bring a lot of attention and a lot of businesses and a lot of companies and a, a lot of noise and a lot of currency and trade and everything um, virtually and physically as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping that that, my hope is that we go down that route and we no one stuffs it up and you know makes it makes it locked down any anymore. Um before we go, if you were to go back to your first day at NASA, knowing what you knew now, would you have done anything different? Or would you have still gone? Oh no, I still would have gone. It was a great experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, what, I, what, I'm, I'm, what would you have told yourself on day one to shortcut uh, a whole bunch of shit? It, it was really about confidence, trust, trust, trust my, trust myself and trust my instinct. Just because someone is the, the loud mouth in the room doesn't mean they know better. And actually often they don't. And so it was very intimidating and, uh, I'm not intimidated anymore. And I, it would have been good to short circuit that a little bit. Hell yeah. Cause then, yeah, now you look back and you're like, whatever, but I'm imagining at the, yeah. at the, at the time it's the the weight of that would be substantial so yeah you could have probably just saved yourself probably lots of sleepless nights and worried about people who don't actually matter stuff them do you yeah i mean the 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 way that it's set up is at least within engineering um very adversarial it's a very adversarial environment and um i used to shy away from that and 
don't anymore, but it's not my personality to kind of go and guns blazing. But now I can just kind of let it roll off me and just Hell yeah. figure out how to get how to get where we're going uh, yep. without engaging in that stuff. Throw the hammer. Stuff you, Bill. That shit's wrong. I've done the formula. <laughs> Look at the shit. Next. Is that how it goes, Dal? Just like that? <laughs> Pretty much. It's like being able to wade through what matters and what doesn't and filter that out. And it's like, okay, I know you're upset about that, but you can go in the corner and be upset about that because we're still going to do this over here. Yeah. I, I, I heard, so a buddy of mine was in this gnarly power move meeting and he was a, he was a local guy that had done big stuff globally. And this other guy from overseas came over for this big meeting, had no idea and disrespected who my friend was and he sits down there and he comes in and he's like oh, i've done this and blah 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 and then my buddy just goes are, are, you, are you finished mate you finished and just like just are you finished he's like yeah he's like oh well my last row i just reported to x um so we can have an adult conversation now if that's okay and just like shut the shit down i was like oh here we go <laughs> love it no good on you i mean i'm sure del throws the hammers um i really appreciate your time congrats on all your um success and all the, the brain power you put into big things that matter especially for the world which i think is not only important but it's vital in a spot like this especially when you're at a tipping point of what this you know after corona new world of for a new new zealand can look like i really appreciate your time it's awesome good good oh, yarns thank you. okay thanks tell sam i said what's up i will <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right see you okay bye bye dr Dalwyn moller like a boss rolls up throws a hammer Stuff you, Steve. Your science is wrong. All right. Good brains. Keep smiling. Enjoy the day. See you soon, team. Adios.